So we're beginning to start the third body today. Remember what the, um, the end of the last body was. Nanak hukme je bujhe ta hume kehena koi. So this is a continuation. Sometimes when we first look at Guru Granth Sahib Ji, and when we start reading Japji Sahib, we feel that all of the Shabads seem to be talking about different things, but they don't necessarily <laughs> seem to join up. But actually, when we delve a little bit deeper, we can find that actually there's a very clear direction that Guru Nanak Dev Ji is taking the Bani. So when we read the Gave Shabads, if we read them with the previous body in mind, then it makes a lot more sense. <coughs> so remember the previous verse was all about hukam, explaining what is hukam, what is the importance of hukam in our life. Hukmi hovanakar, hukam na kahe ajaye. And it went and discussed the details of hukam. Yeah? It, hukam gives us dukh and sukh. Yeah? And that was a follow on from the previous one, which <coughs> asked the question, Kiv satyara hoye? Yeah. So, we're seeing all the verses continue. This, if you don't look at it in relation to the previous body, you will think that this whole verse is talking about God. But actually, it's talking about the hukam of God. So, this whole Shabbat is in praise of hukam. So, the previous line said, Nanak, whoever understands hukam, they will not speak in ego. They won't talk about themselves all the time. Nanak hukme je bujhe. Bujhe means understanding. Ta homme kehena koi. Then nobody would speak in their own ego. So the question then comes up, well, how would they speak then? If we don't talk from our own perspective, because that's how we talk, isn't it? We talk about ourselves. Whenever we talk to someone, we're talking from our perspective. How would we talk if we didn't speak in ego? It's quite a strange thing to, to imagine. So imagine this question is being posed to Guru Nanak Dev Ji. Okay, if you don't speak in ego, how do you speak? Guru Nanak Dev Ji answers that if you lose your ego, if you understand hukam, the truth is you won't speak at all. Then everything becomes a song. Your life becomes a praise. Praise of hukam. When you understand hukam, your life becomes just singing the praises of that hukam. So this verse is the song of people who have known hukam. This is the verse of people who have lost their ego and this is how they act. This is what their song sounds like. So then another question comes. Okay, if they don't speak, if they sing, then what do they sing? What is their song? And this is what Guru Nanak Dev Ji begins to answer. The first line, Gave ko taan, hove kise taan. Gave is a present tense word means singing right now. It's not in the past tense, it's not in the future. Gave means singing right now. Gave ko means some people. Some people are singing right now about taan. Taan means bal, power, shakti, the might, the strength of hukam. Gave ko taan. Notice taan has an onkar, which means it's a singular word. It's not plural. It's not of the powers of hukam. It's the power of hukam. Some people sing about the power of hukam. Only if they have the power to do so. So you, remember at each stage, Guru Nanak Dev Ji is trying to destroy our ego. If you sing about God, and there's a thought that comes that I am singing about God, then you've not understand the previous line. Because the previous line says, if you understood hukam, you would never speak about yourself. You would never refer to yourself. 
सो दिस सेज गावे को ताण होवे किसे ताण सो इफ यू आर सिंगिंग गॉड्स प्रेजेस यू रिकॉग्नाइज दैट इट इज द वन हु गिव्स यू द स्ट्रेंथ टू सिंग नॉट दैट इट्स योर डूइंग वी हियर दिस लाइन आप जपाए जपै सो नाव आप गवाए सो हर गुण गाओ only if you allow me to sing your praises do i sing your praises so this says if you know what this hukam is you don't take any credit for even the act of singing kirtan for the act of singing the praises you don't take any credit gave ko taan only if it gives you the taan only if that divine has given you the strength then only you can sing hove kise taan so only whoever has the power to do so can sing the praises gave ko daat jaane nisaan daat means gifts daat some people sing about the gifts of hukum that hukum is always very kind to me it's always giving me very good things that life is going very well some people sing because they get a lot of gifts in life and in fact they see god they see hukum as the provider of gifts this is his nishani this is the nishani of god that god is always giving dialu yeah we hear words dialu kripalu yeah tu data datar what this is so some people recognize gifts as the nishani of of hukum gave ko daat jaane nisaan gave ko gun vadiyaiyan char gun here doesn't have an anchor underneath it yeah so this word is called mukta mukta means it doesn't have an anchor at the end of it it doesn't have a vowel at the end of it and mukta words are bahuvachan in punjabi we have ikvachan which is singular words bahuvachan which is plural words so here the word gun means virtues some are singing of its virtues if it was singular it would have an anchor if it so the word is supposed to have an anchor when you take the anchor off it makes a singular word a plural word so without the anchor is plural with the anchor is singular yeah so we can look at the the two spellings of gun so gun with an anchor is singular gun which is mukta is bahuvachan is plural yes if a word has an anchor underneath it it's always singular yeah always it's always masculine and singular on the last letter yeah so gurbani has rules like this this is called vyakaran which is gurbani's grammatical rules so words with an anchor we've seen several times even in the mool mantra yeah where there are words which are anchored satnam karta purakh nirpav nirvair yeah these words all have anchor underneath them so they are singular masculine words without an anchor it's bahuvachan 
That means gun here means plural, virtues. Gave ko gun vadiaya char. So gun means virtues. Vadiaya means greatness. Char, the word char here is called visheshan, which means it's an adjective. Adjective means it's a describing word. So char is beautiful. But beautiful what? Vadiyanya char. Beautiful greatness. So the char is visheshan, which is a describing word, a word that you attach to a noun. Gave ko gun, some are singing of its virtues and its beautiful greatness. Now notice the word char here does not mean the number four. In Gurbani, where numbers are used, the numbers are spelled with a sihari at the end. So char. The sihari at the end means the number four. If it doesn't have a sihari at the end, it means beautiful. So this is not saying that something of the four greatnesses or the four virtues. If it was char, uh, Gurbani used the word char several times in Bani to mean four. It has a sihari. Okay, it does, this one doesn't have a sihari. It doesn't mean the number four. Gave ko vidya, vikam vichar. Vidya means knowledge. Vikam means okha means difficult, complex. Vichar means philosophy. Gave ko vidya vikam vichar. Some are singing with their knowledge of its complex philosophy. Some are singing with their knowledge of its the, of Hukam's complex philosophy. So this is now referring to Hindu scriptures. If you look at Shastras, they go into a lot of detail, really looking at, trying to describe and analyze Hukam, trying to describe God. Gaveko Vidya Vikam Vichar, of complex, real deep complex ideas. So some grants go into very deep depth about very very subtle understandings about what God is, about the subtle nature of Nirgon and Sargon, what is our relationship between mind, body, all that. So some enjoys singing God's praises in that way by going into real detail about the Vikam Vichara, very difficult, complex theories. Gaveko Vidya Vikam Vichar. Gave ko saaj kare tan khe. Saaj means to create. So some are singing about its ability to create. Hukam is always creating. Tan khe. And making the body into ashes or dust. Tan means body. Khe means ashes or dust. So some are singing about how beautiful this hukam is, that it's always creating and always destroying. Nothing is permanent. So some sing about that aspect of hukam itself. So that's about the body. Some sing about, you can say, the atma, the soul. Gave ko ji le phir de. Some sing about Life, our life is given to us and taken away from us. So the first one was tan, about body, the creation and the destruction of the body. Something about how life is infused 
into the body and then our life leaves the body. It's this continuous cycle of birth and death. Some are singing about Jile Perde. Takes life away, Jile, and then gives it back again. It's a continuous cycle. Constantly lives are being created and destroyed. Every moment, think about how many creatures are being born at every moment and how many creatures are dying every single moment. Gave ko jape disse dur. Jape here means to know. We talked about this when we talked about the meaning of the title of the Bani. Jap. Jap means to know. Some are singing knowing God to be far away. Jape disse dur. Disse. They see God, they jape, they know, disse, they see dur, far away. They see this thing as far away. So these are the people who still haven't experienced this God. They just, even still, they're still singing about God's praises. They're still singing the praises of it. Even though they haven't known, because if you know the one, if you know hukam, if you understand this understanding, you'll never say that it's far away. How can it be far away when you're part of it? You and it are the same thing. But some people who still haven't had that experience, still haven't got the understanding, they still think God is far away. But they continue to sing its praises. But the other side of the coin is here. Gave ko veke hadra hadur. Some are singing that it is watching right now. It's here right now. It's veke. It's watching. It's observing. It's playing part of this game. And it's hadra hadur. So hadra hadur is a Persian term meaning ever present. Ever present. It's here. It's now. It's here. It's right now watching all of us. We are watching it and it is, it is watching us. When anything we see, this is God watching God. It's right here. Ever present. So those who know the experience of God know that it's here. And some people think that God is far away, but still both are singing its praises. Yeah? This same language appears in Baniya across from Guru Granth Sahib Ji to Siri Dasam Granth Sahib Ji as well. Jap Sahib has the same language as well. Imagine the first Shabad, the first verses of the Guru Granth Sahib Ji is Jap, and in Dasam Granth Sahib Ji it's Jap. And we see the same language here. So in Guru Granth Sahib Ji, in Japji Sahib, we're saying, Gave ko veke hadra hadur. In Jap Sahib, we say, Ke zahar zahur hai, ke hazar hazur hai. Hazra hazur. It's the same language being used in both. Ke zahar zahur hai, ke hazar hazur hai. Means hazra hazur. It is right here. So these are all the ways that people sing. So there are countless ways that people are singing. Kathana means to speak. Kathi means the katha, the speech. So kathana means to speak. Kathi means the speech. So this speech, speaking this speech will never come to an end. Tot means tot, will not be broken. Na'ave tot. This speech describing the praises of God can never stop. And describing the people who are praising God can never stop. How different people worship there's no end to how you can describe these things. In fact, each and every one of us worships in our own way. 
our relationship with the divine is individual to us. So each one of us has our own way. So if there's seven billion people on the planet, that's seven billion ways that people, beings are worshipping. And then Barney talks about how the planets are singing your praises and all of creation is singing your praises. Yeah? All the creatures are singing your praises. So each and every one of them is singing in a different way. The sun is singing the praises. The moon, its very way of living is singing the praises. I think this is talking about that the ones who know their style of worship is one of praise. Yeah? And rather than it being a story and a description, their very way of living becomes singing. Yeah? It's not about necessarily physically singing. It's talking about the very way that they live is praise. And praise is reverence done in a song, done in a graceful way. Yeah? Because you can't sing praise to someone in a harsh way. So their whole way of living is a very... You can always say, almost say that their lifestyle is very melodic. Yeah? It's very calm, it's very peaceful. So there's also a different way to understand this line, Kathana Kathina Avetot. Because so far it's been talking about singing, but then it brings it into Katha, into Vichar, into discourse. So what it's possibly talking about is some people will carry on singing, but there are a group of people, the religious scholars, the philosophers, they're only interested in vichar, in debate. And their debate will never end. So if you come across religious scholars who are trying to describe God and explain everything about God, in description itself, you won't get to the final destination. We have a line in Gurbani that says, Galli Jogana Hoi. Just by speaking, you're not going to get into a state of union. Galli, by speaking, Jogana Hoi. You won't into that, get into that yoga, that yogic union. Yeah? So simply having vichar with people, that's not enough. Because your vichar will never end. And your vichar is always about thoughts and ideas, about debate. Singing is here and now. Praise is not interested in ideas and philosophies. <coughs> praise is simply just praise. So singing and doing vichar are two different things. Vichar will never end. But singing, the praises, doesn't have an end. It doesn't need to have an end. It's a continuous enjoyment. Those who continue to try and describe as the old grunts have tried to do, those who have tried to describe hukam, they can never get to a final point that says this is everything what hukam is. Just imagine, if you try and describe the whole of the history of the universe from the beginning of the creation of the universe, before there was any universe, to the present moment, if you try and describe all of that, the minute you put your pen down, it's out of date. Because the next unfolding of the universe has already started. So you can never write this. You can never discuss this. There will never be a full description of this. Can never be, this discussion can never come to an end. And none of the scriptures should be seen as a complete description. No religious text should be seen as something that's complete. Because the very idea of writing a complete description of God is being debunked here. It's being said very clearly that this is 
not something that can come to an end. And Gurbani says this again and again, Tera Antanapaya. Yeah? Nobody can find your end. If every previous Granth is trying to write the description of God, and Guru Nanak Dev Ji is admitting that you can't write a complete description of God, then why try and write a Granth? Now there's a difference between Guru Granth Sahib Ji because Guru Granth Sahib Ji is a book of songs. Guru Granth Sahib Ji isn't a complete description of God because in Guru Granth Sahib Ji it says Tera Antanapaya. There is no way to write everything about you. It is a book of praise. It's a song book. And that's why singing, every single bit of writing has been assigned music to it. So sing this, sing this in this rag, sing it in this style, sing it at this time of day, sing it in this time of the year. If you're feeling happy, sing these songs. If you're feeling sad, sing these songs. So this is in line with this, with this description, that singing is continuous, but description will never have an end. If you want to answer that question, Maybe one way to think about it is Guru Granth Sahib Ji is the minimum that could have been written, not the maximum. It's just the starting point. Yeah? It's the minimum that the Gurus could write. At some point they had to come to an end, right? They had to say, okay, I feel this Granth is complete. Not because the description of God is complete, because everything that we can say can be said, now go sing it, now go do it, now practice it. So Guru Granth Sahib Ji is almost the minimum, it's not the maximum, it's not complete. Because the whole description is covered actually in Ikonkar. In one way you can say that the whole of Ikonkar is complete. Everything else is just the elaboration on that. Yeah. So simply by doing Vichar, you're not going to get to experience this Hukam. Singing is a living, breathing experience. Yeah? Katha is about thoughts and ideas, about debating, about vichar, about your opinion versus my opinion. When we sit together, when we sing together, there's no opinions. There's just praise. So by praising, you can experience. Vichar is very useful and Gurbani places a lot of emphasis on Gyan and knowledge and Vichar. Yeah. But Vichar is useful for getting the understanding. But practice is what is needed. Singing, lifestyle of actually doing is what is needed. Yeah. So it's a balance between knowledge and practice between understanding and the doing. Kathana kathi na ave tot, kath kath kathi koti kot kot. So kath here means that speaking and speaking. Kath kath kathi we've already seen in the last one means the katha. Kath kath speaking speaking the speech Koti, kot, kot. Kot comes from the word karod. Karod means 10 million. Koti, kot, kot means millions upon millions upon millions of times people have tried to describe. Even now, this is what we're doing. We're doing vichar. We're trying to give an explanation. Kath, kath, kathi, koti, kot, kot. This, can, this continues. This description, this continuous trying to describe God has been done millions upon millions of millions of times, i.e. countless times. So speaking and speaking this speech has been done millions of times. Denda de lande hakpai. This is a very interesting line. No matter what our efforts, the Dialu 
the provider keeps providing. Then the, then wala, the giver keeps giving. Then the, they keeps giving. And the receiver, the taker, keeps taking until thak pahe, until they get exhausted. Thak, exhausted. The giver gives, is giving right now. The receiver gets tired, gets exhausted. Why? Why does the receiver get exhausted? Do we get tired of God's gifts? Does this line mean that we actually reach a point where we get tired of God's gifts? Most people would say, no, I don't know, I never get tired. So, is this a contradiction? And bear in mind, we've already seen the line, Pukhya Puk Nautri, that hunger never finishes. Yeah? If we tie all of the world's possessions and we collect everything, Still, Pukhya Pukhanautri. So how on one line can Gurbani say that desires never complete and here Gurbani is saying, Denda de lende thakpai, does it get tired? Do we get tired? Is Gurbani contradicting itself? So Gurbani has already given it clearly in the first time that we never get tired of God's gifts. So that's not what this line means. This line doesn't mean that God keeps giving gifts and we keep taking it until we get so exhausted. That's not what he's talking about. We don't get tired. We know how we are, right? We never get tired. It's never enough. What it's talking about here is that we grow old. Thakpai means our body just in consuming, we keep consuming until the point that our body is just giving up, but we don't stop giving up. Yeah? Lende. We keep, we keep taking. In fact, the next line confirms this idea. Juga jugantar khai khai. Throughout the ages, we keep eating, we keep consuming. So it doesn't mean that thakpai, that means we get tired. Because how can we then say juga jugantar khai khai? That in the next line, we're saying throughout the ages, we've just constantly, we keep consuming. So there's no idea that we get tired of receiving God's gift. That's not what this means. Yeah? Otherwise, it just contradicts with the next line. So here it's saying that we keep taking. The giver keeps giving until the point that we get so old, we grow old and die, but we keep taking and the giver keeps giving. This system keeps going on. Remember, it's talking about hukam. This whole thing is talking about the system of hukam. Hukam just keeps going. Gurbani doesn't use the tippi. So, there's two schools of thought. One that says you pronounce Gurbani as it's written. The other says you have to know some grammatical rules about how the language is spoken. We do the same thing in English, for example. We don't say the word knife is pronounced with a K. Now your Puritans might look at it and say that you have to pronounce it, it's written, the Gurus have written it, you just have to say it. So the other school of thought will say, but actually that's not how you pronounce the word. Yeah, The word is pronounced with a tippy in there. Two schools of thought. Yeah? It doesn't really matter how you do it. So, the other way to look at this line, Dinda De Lende Thakpai, that the previous line talk about the ones who are trying to describe. They can get tired. The ones who do the Katha, kat, kat, Kathi, Koti, Kot, Kot, they can get tired, but the receiver keeps on going. The, the, sorry, the giver keeps on giving, but the receiver, it's like he can't write it down quick enough. Yeah? Imagine somebody's giving you a speech and you're trying to write every single word down. Imagine somebody trying to write every word that the whole universe is saying. Yeah? But the universe keeps giving, keeps on going, but the one taking it all down, he's going to get tired. So these religious books are always going to be limited. Yeah? They never should be seen as the complete description. So that's one way to, to look at Lende Thakpai. The other way is that your body itself gets old. So who are we talking about here? It's not just the olden days people, right? Think about right now, what are people trying to do? Scholars keep coming up, academics, 
philosophers keep coming up with new theories, new ideas. God is like this, God is like that. You go to any bookshop and you'll see books about religious theories and there's an endless supply of new books being written. Yeah? And scientists, what are scientists doing? You have an area of science for every single part of the universe. Some people are studying the oceans, some are studying the stars, some are studying microbes and microbacteria, some are studying the laws of nature, physics, some are studying all the chemicals. Yeah? Ultimately what they're doing is they're all trying to write down how does this universe work. They're just saying just every time we, we discover something more, something new comes out of it. Only in the last few years that they've discovered that we don't have nine planets, we've got many more planets just within our own solar system. Yeah? So we don't even know how many planets we have in our solar system, let alone how many galaxies there are and how many universes upon universes. So every scientist is trying to write something about the universe in some way. And Guruji is saying, that's fine, but it'll never end. As long as you know that you're never going to get to an end, I might as well tell you now. Yeah, and Guru Nanak Dev Ji has written this 500 years ago. We're still going. There's still more knowledge coming out about the universe. So anyone who's trying to quantify God or count any type of measurement, anyone who's trying to measure the universe, they'll never end. It's almost saying it's a futile pursuit. It's a bit of a waste of trying to describe the universe, yeah? We'll come on to this specific idea much later in Japji Sahib when Guruji talks about Pata La Pata Lak Aga Saga. This very idea about trying to quantify the universe. Dinda De Lande Thakpai Juga Juga Antar Kahi Kai. Jug means an age, a long period of time. Juga Jug Antar means in ages upon ages, jug antar within ages and throughout the ages. Juga jug antar. Kahi kai. We just keep going, we keep consuming. So throughout the ages, we have this system where life is being created, destroyed, life is coming in, life is going out. New life is being born, we consume, we consume, we consume, we grow up, we grow old, we die. Yeah? So we're seeing the same ideas that we were talking about in the beginning, which is about saaj kare tanke, that body being created and being returned to dust. So this idea of us just living has happened again and again and again. It just keeps going on throughout the ages. And we keep consuming. The giving hasn't stopped. The consuming hasn't stopped. This is how hukam works. This is just how the universe works. Yeah? Notice there's no judgment being placed anywhere here. Guru Sahib is just saying this is how it works. Yeah? The work of hukam keeps continuing. So let's think of an example. How do we keep consuming? What do we mean by we keep consuming? Do we just talk about materialistic things? There's another way to look at kai kai. That every moment when you breathe in, you breathe out, what do you do? You expect the next, breathe, next breath to come in. We take it for granted. We breathe in, we breathe out, we expect the next breath to be there. Yeah? Almost as if like, it has to be there to serve us. Yeah? This is not living in conscious awareness of hukam. In awareness of hukam, you're aware of every breath as being a blessing. Every moment is not taken for granted. You're not just mindlessly consuming. That's what Gurbani is talking about here. People who are just mindlessly consuming. Kai kai. Every meal you take, you know the next one is already there. Every moment that you exist in, you expect the next moment to be there. 
But if you live consciously and remember that this very moment is a moment that Hukam has given something to you, you don't take it for granted. Juga Jagantar Kai Kai Hukami Hukam Chalai Rao. Here we talked last time we talked about five different spellings of Hukam in the previous Shabbat, yeah? So Hukami means the one doing the Hukam. For simplicity, we said the commander. The one doing the hukam. Hukami, the commander, hukam, onkar, singular plural, the command. The commander's command, jalai rao, is continuing to walk on this path. Its path is continuing. The commander's command, hukami, hukam, jalai rao. The path of the command keeps going. The commander's command continues its path, we can say. Hukami hukam chalai ra. The path continues. The unfolding of the universe at every moment continues. And this is what taram is. Remember we said Guru Nanak Dev Ji was asked the question, Give sachyara hoye. How do we, what is the way to live? What's the right tarmic way to live? Hukam razai chalana. Walk on the path of hukam. That was the end of the second verse, yeah? Or the first verse, I think. The end of the first verse. Yeah? The very first verse, a question, the fundamental question, the first question in Guru Granth Sahib is asked, how do we do this then? You've talked about ikonkar, you've talked about what it is, but how do we do it? How do we get there? Guru Nanak Dev Ji's taram is to accept hukam. Walk on the path of hukam. In the end of the second verse, he clarified what he meant by walk on the path of hukam. It doesn't mean to physically walk. It means Nanak Hukamay Jay Bujay is to understand hukam. This is not about doing anything. It's just about having the awareness, the knowledge that this is how it works. Nanak Hukamay Jay Bujay if you understand this. And this understanding, that hukam keeps going, this is hukam razai chalana. This is how you do that. Guru Nanak Dev Ji is clarifying. He's still clarifying question number one. At the end of the first verse, he's clarifying that. He spent the next two Shabbat just clarifying what this hukam is. How do you hukam razai chalana? This is how you hukam razai chalana, that you understand hukam just keeps going. The universe keeps going. Hukumi hukam chalaira. So he talks about the path and now he lays out the path for you. First he says, Hukam Razai Chalana. Then he's now drawn the path out for you. This is what Hukam looks like. This is what you can how you can describe it. This is what you can't do to describe it. This is what you need to understand. He is like now drawing the path for you. Hukami hukam chalai rao. And the first bit was hukam razai chalana. Walk on this path. Now I'll draw the path out for you. So this is what taram is. We overcomplicate things when we talk about taram. When we talk about sikhi, when we talk about what the path of gurmat is, this is the path of gurmat. The understanding of how the universe works. We tend to overcomplicate Sikhi and overcomplicate Taram. Yeah? This is applicable to everyone. That's why we're calling it Taram. This is for everyone. Everyone just needs to know that this is how the universe It's common sense. There's nothing here that's been told that's make-believe. There's no mythical character for you to believe in. There's no heaven and hell for you to believe in. There's no set of rules that have been given. So far, Guru Nanak Dev Ji is saying, let's just talk about how the world is. How does the world work? If you at least understand that, then you're starting to walk on this path of Dharam. Yeah? It's not complicated. Sikhi is not complicated. It's not difficult. It's an understanding that says, right here, right now, Hukam is going on. 
and we just need to be aware of it. We need to understand how it works so that we don't suffer, so that we don't think that we're in control of our lives. Yeah, we have to accept that hukam is in control. It's always the one that's been doing things from Juga Jug. It's been going on and on. This is Naam Simran. The first time Naam was mentioned was Sat Naam. Sat, we said, means the truth. Existence. Everything that is, this is Naam. Naam is Hukam. Hukam is Naam. Your Naam Simran is not about calling Mr. God. Your Naam Simran is saying, right here, right now, this is God. This is why I share with you this technique of saying, this is you. Use that mantra. It's worked very well for me. At each and every moment, this is you. And in Gurmukhi, we can say the closest mantra to that is Tuhi. Yeah? What does Kabirji say? Tu, tu karta, tu hua. By doing this, tuhi, 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 I became you. Tu, tu karta, tu hua, mujme raha nahu. Nothing was left of me. That's what the path of this is. That we don't talk about ourselves. Nanak hukme je buje ta hume kahena koe. All the pagats, all the gurus are talking about this one thing. That right here, right now, this is God. This is you. The God that I've heard about, here, 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 right now. God is brushing God's teeth. Yeah? God is getting God ready. God is eating God. God is talking to God. This is the path of Hukam. That everything is you, nothing is me. Nothing was left of me when I kept saying Tuhi Tuhi. Jab Apa Parka Mit Gaya. When there was a destruction of me and the other. When that was destroyed. Apa Parka Mit Gaya. When me and the other was destroyed. When I lost that duality. Jat Dekhon Tatatu. Wherever I see, I see you. Kabirji's words, yeah? Everywhere I look, I see you. And we see examples of this in our history. Look at Paikanayaji. He can't see people. He can only see the one. He can't physically see anyone. He's literally, he's looking and he's saying, Tuhi, Tuhi, Tuhi. And when he speaks to the Guru, he says, I see God in you and I see you in everyone else. Yeah? These are living examples of people who have achieved this within this framework, within this Gurmat practice, within this way of living. There are examples of people who we talk about on a regular basis who have actually lived this style. Guru Nanak Dev Ji is laying out this path for you. This is how you do it. This is Nam Simran. This is the path of understanding that this is God. This is God. Isn't that strange? This is God. Not some guy over there. I think we called him John before, didn't we? Yeah? Calling for God is like calling for John. Come on, John. Come on, John. Come on, John. John's never going to come because John isn't there. This is John. Right here. This is you. This is you. This is you. This is the path of Hukam. Guru Nanak Dev Ji saying, do this, this is your Naam Simran. So Gurbani has often used Naam and Hukam synonymously, interchangeably. Gurbani often uses Naam to mean Hukam and Hukam to mean Naam. This is your Naam Simran, to realize that this is God right now. Hukami Hukam Chalai Rao. This path of Hukam keeps going. Nanak Vigse Veparva. Vigase comes from the word vigas. Vigase comes from the word vigas. And that means playful. Ve parva. Parva means worries. Ve parva means worry free. 
no worries. Nanak says, you can be in a state of worry-freeness, in a playful way. This whole game becomes revealed to you. The world seems like a game to you, like a play, like it's something that's not affecting you. It's just something to enjoy. You can live in this state. Nanak says this is the way to become Vigse and Veparva, to become playful and joyful. And in the same way, it says that the whole universe is playful and joyful. Another word for playful, we see a Shabad Choji. Choji mere Govinda, Choji mere Pyareya. Means playful. My Govind is playful. My beloved is just playing. This is just a game. Yeah? So the whole universe is in this playful must. This kind of, like a child just running around in its own enjoyment. It doesn't know why it's happy. It's just constantly happy. That's how the whole universe is right now. And think about how much effort and joy it puts into every tiny thing. Think about every single flower. The universe has created something so beautiful. It puts so much care and love into everything. Every tiny insect, every plant, every snowflake is unique. It's such a mind-boggling concept. Every snowflake is a unique design. Look at the joy. Why does it need to be? All the snow looks the same. It could have just all been exactly the same, identical. But every snowflake is individual. That's a mind-boggling concept. And look how much care and joy the universe is. It's almost having a game with itself. How amazing can I make myself? Every individual is different. There's never been a you. In the history of mankind, you have never existed before. You are completely unique. There will never be a you ever again. Seven billion people on this planet, there's not one more person that is you. The universe puts so much care and attention. So when Gurbani says that it is Veparva, it doesn't mean that it's indifferent to you. It is you. It is intimately connected with you. It cares about you just as much as it cares about itself because it and you are the same thing. So the universe isn't indifferent to you. It is paternal. It's mothering. We talk about tu mera mata, tu mera pita, tu mera bandap. You're my mother, my father, my family. So the universe is not indifferent to you. That's how most atheists believe that the universe is just indifferent. It's just a chaotic series of events, one thing after another, that just happens. There's no PR, there's no love, but we talk about the universe almost in a loving way, that it's in a state of love, it's in a state of joy. And we have to be in this state as well. And if we understand hukam, we can be in this state all the time. We said that vigse comes from the word vigas. Where else do we know that word? Nanak pagata sada vigas. Nanak says the saints are always in this must. They're always in this joyful pleasure. Nanak pagata sada vigas. Not sometimes, all the time. In happiness, in sadness, it doesn't matter to the pagat. To the brahmgyani, it means nothing. It's just Again, Nanak Pagta Sadavigas. And Nanak here is saying, Nanak Vigseve Purva. You can be like this as well. The universe is doing this right now. Why are you suffering? Why are you suffering? Why are you taking on worries? You didn't create the universe. Why should you care what the universe does? You're not part of the creation process, you're not part of the destruction process. So, why should you care? So in life, we should care about things, but we mustn't worry about things. That's how the universe is. It cares for every single one of us. 
It cares for every tiny thing that it's a part of, that it's ever created. But it is worry-free, it has no worries about anything. So in the same way, this is a, an example of how we can live. We can care for all of the world that we've created around us, but when that gets destroyed, remember this analogy that we keep talking about, this kind of fortress that was built around us? Care for it, look after it, but it is going to go, so know that it's a temporary structure. It's not permanent. Don't worry about it. That's going to happen anyway. Don't worry about anything going or anything coming. It's just happening. So this whole Shabbat is about the different ways in which people can just live in a carefree joy, a song, a singing, every moment, make every moment a fun song. Make your life a song of praise. This is how we should live. But it's talking about how your, even your song is incomplete. And it talks about the different ways, simple ways that anyone can sing and enjoy the presence of it, of the one. But it's not complete. How can it ever be complete? How can the small describe the whole? We're just a small part of the universe. How can we describe the universe? We're not interested in describing it. Yeah. But within song itself, you're describing, but you're describing in a different way. So we're not comparing song to katha, to vichar. We're not comparing them. We're just saying that there's two different ways of doing it. Gurbani even says that within song is katha. Lok jane ehe geeta hai eto brahm vichar. Some people just see this as songs. But within the song itself, it is the description of God. People think, Lok jane ehe geeta hai, that this is just a simplistic song. Eheto Brahma Vichar. Within the song itself, there is the description. So the small can never fully describe the whole. Yeah? How can the fish describe the ocean? It can't be done. How can a ray of sunlight describe the sun? So no description is complete. And in fact, the very fact that we're trying to describe, words itself are limiting. Sometimes you say, I can't find the words. Yeah? I just can't bring the words that I'm trying to say. Yeah, so words we know are limited. So we're not trying to find God in this song. We're just experiencing and enjoying. Yeah, You're not trying to find the divine. You're just being one with it. As it is right now, you're just saying, I'm enjoying you as you are right now. You're not singing with the hope of finding something in the future. That's a mistake that we make. We sing, come on John, rather than we saying it. Because sometimes when we're singing, we're still hoping that Wahiguru will come to us. Yeah? That somehow there's something, we're calling something, something that's far away. But the ones who know, they know it's already here. But some people are still singing, that they know and see God as being something far away. Yeah? So we're not trying to call something that's far away. We're just in the moment right now. Because when you sing, you sing in the present moment. This is why we try to do the practice. You're not singing in the past or in the future. You can have ideas. Ideas are like more about past and future. Singing is present moment. And hukam is happening in the present moment, so you're singing in the present moment. You're bringing your tian to now, rather than your mind is always in the past or in the future. Yeah. You're bringing your awareness right to the present moment, and it's just going to say, right here, right now, I'm just going to sing about you. So we're singing to know that you are already here. We're not calling, we're singing 
almost get our minds to understand you're already here. This is you. Yeah? There's no point asking for something in the future. Take this analogy. When you're thirsty, no amount of description, no amount of katha and vichar of water is going to quench that thirst. This is what philosophers do. This is what these religious scholars do. They're just doing katha all the time. They're debating all the time. It's like they're not thirsty. They don't care about actually drinking the water. They just want to describe it. They don't care about finding God. They just want to talk about God. Like to prove how clever they are, to prove how great their philosophies are, how great their ideas are. Yeah? This is what debating is all about. Yeah? And you find fanatics in every religion that just want to push their ideas onto you. This is not about ideas. This is not about thoughts. not about philosophies. So religion and philosophy is very much about this kind of debate, about chatter. Spirituality, taram, is about not ideas. It's about swimming in the ocean. Swimming in the ocean of the divine. That's the only way to quench your thirst. You just have to drown into that ocean. Yeah, not take a little bit of ocean and say, right, thank you, I'm going back. You have to go right in. You have to go in. This is what Simran tries to do. This is what mantra and meditation tries to do. You've got to go into God. You can't sit here and say, come on, God, I've got 10 minutes, so you know, I've booked an appointment for you to come see me. That's what we try and do with our meditation. I've got a 10-minute slot. Come and see me now. If not, you have to wait till tomorrow. You have to go into God. God can't come into you. The fish can't obtain the whole ocean. The fish has to just go into the ocean. Yeah? So this is what we're doing when we're singing. We're going into God. We're losing ourselves in the mantra. We're losing ourselves in the bani, in the kirtan. So this is what taram is. This is what spirituality is. It's not interested in ideas, only experience. Yeah? Knowledge is limited. Knowledge is not going to get you anywhere. It's not a, just a mind game. This is a drowning. This is a swimming. So the question that you have to ask yourself is, how do you sing? When you sit, when you do kirtan, when you listen to kirtan, when you sing along, how do you sing? Do you sing knowing that who you're singing to is already here? That the one doing the singing is the one who you're calling? Or do you sing hoping for somebody to come? Hoping for some lightning to strike, for some magic hallelujah moment? Do you sing like you're calling God who's far away? Or do you sing knowing that God is singing right now to itself? There's no me. I'm just drowning into the singing. Are you singing about some mythical creature that's far away that you've never seen? This is what we do, right? Everybody talks about this God and it says, you've never seen this God. You've never heard about it. I've never seen it, but let's just all go sing its praises. It's like if I say to you, there's a really beautiful car. You've never seen it, I've never seen it, but let's just talk about how great it is. Let's sing songs about how great it is. Let's create little models about how great it is and walk around it and matha take it and throw flowers at it. But you've never seen it. Who would follow that religion? Who would follow a religion running after something you've never seen before? You've never heard before. And everyone around you hasn't seen either, but everyone tells you, come on, but you have to do it. Why? Because something will happen when you sing. This is what we're doing. We're blindly singing about something that we don't know where it is. Guru Nanak Dev Ji doesn't want you to do that. Guru Nanak Dev Ji is saying, it's already here. It's now. It's you. You and it are the same thing. There's only one, there's ik. And if you're going to sing, sing in such a way that you understand 
that it is by singing itself you can cultivate this understanding. You can remind yourself to come back and say, I'm here. You don't lose your mind somewhere else. Otherwise, God be just becomes another thing to achieve. Right? You wake up in the morning and you've got ten things that you have to do that day. And for the religious ones, we say, oh yeah, I've got to do my Simran as well. I've got to do my part as well. Like That's another thing to tick off the box. Like, I've done that today. I've achieved that today. Guru Nanak is not interested in this. That's not Sikhi. That's not Param. You have to merge. And when you sing, you're singing that it is here right now. It is singing right now. The very words are God. Even in Guru Gobind Singh Ji, he talks about God is language. So it's, he sings a line, Kahu Arbi Torki Parsi Ho. You are Arbi, you are Farsi, you are language, you are words. Yeah? Kahu Desapakya, Kahu Desabani. You are called language of the common people. You are called language of the countries. Gurbani is saying that you are language, you're right here in these words. So the words don't belong to you, that you're singing to someone far away. You're in the words, you're in the song, you're in the conversation. So it makes God right here achievable for you. So the question I leave you with is how do you sing? When you sing, how do you sing? Are you singing to someone far away? Or are you losing yourself in the song? We'll leave it there for now. Why did you cut Why did you keep